Hello, Ropers. Before we get this podcast started, I know we got a little extra time on our hands. I thought, what better way to spend it than binge watching some team roping videos on X Factor Roping? We have a new design that we rolled out with the website. It gives you that Netflix look. So if you want to binge watch some team ropings, some of your favorite instructors, you can do that. Give us a try out, xfactorroping.com. Thank you so much and enjoy this podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite all-time headers, Eric Rogers. Uh, man, I'm pretty excited about this one today. Just all, all summer long, it seems like the guy I watch the most. And when I work at my head aid, it's like, I love how you rope steers. You're one of my favorite styles. I think, I just feel like you rope to win in all situations. Like I, I would just, I'd call it like a really high IQ header. So man, I appreciate you being here today. Hey, you bet, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, to kind of dive into that, I mean, what, where did that come from? This, uh, this style of heading or how you try to rope? I mean, that's, I think it's pretty fun, man. I think you've got a really catchy loop. You're very good at jackpots to fast rodeos to long scored rodeos. Yeah. Um, man, it was, uh, I think it started whenever, since I was a kid, um, whenever we was growing up, uh, I had to learn how to catch to win. Well, actually everybody learns how to catch to win, but for me, it was every time we'd go to a jackpot, my dad would say, this is our last $20 or our last $40 or $60 whenever we're at the little jackpots on the res there. Um, and then if we didn't win, uh, we couldn't get to rope again, or I couldn't get to rope again. So um, we'd always enter the open ropings or the cowboy draw. They would say like open draws or um, open picks. And then if, if I learned how to catch for those guys back home that would heal really good and get turn them catch them and turn them they would i would have a chance of winning so it's kind of worked into that um you know a lot of the guys that i looked up to when i was younger were all right there you know um they i watched their style and what kind of put 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 a bunch of the guys styles together and kind of worked at it and kind of came out with my own where i when i know i need to catch and then when I need to go fast, I can, I still have that tool in the bag. So kind of got versatile, I guess you could say. Right. Well, and it's it's funny because you like you watch different styles of heading. There's mm-hmm. there's guys that can just throw so fast, and I mean they can and they're young and can do it. But when you say that, like, hey, this is we had I had to catch the steer. I don't get to go to the next one. It makes it to where when you miss that steer, I feel like man, it it hurts bad, <laughs> and that's something you think about. So it's like. It's almost like I feel like you'd rather go knock him down and maybe not win first or second, but win something so you can kind of keep going. Yeah. Was, that, was that what you learned a lot? Is just basically how to win? Yes, right basically learn how to win and, and learn how to catch and, and sacrifice a run here and there. Um, that's one of the biggest things is everybody sees first place. And, yes, it's great to win first place everywhere. But, man, I tell you what, third, fourth place, they all add up. The more you place, and especially rodeoing, it's hard when you're rodeoing, and you may not win every time, or you might place fifth or sixth, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, I got a little check, you know, a little thousand dollar check, and another couple thousand dollar check. Here comes, you know, it all adds up at the end of the day, to where if I'm catching a lot of steers and catching a lot of turning a lot, and having an opportunity to place everywhere, it's it's a it's winning, it's winning. You know, and I'd be winning in first or whatever, but as long as you're placing and catching, it's always a good feeling. Right, right. All right. So, what about it growing up? When when did you first start roping, or what was what was that like for you, kind of growing up and, and getting into the the roping world? 
Man, uh, growing up, I've always had a rope in my hand. Um, my dad, he roped for a long time. He jackpotted, um, and then he little Indian rodeos, but more or less just jackpotted. Uh, my, my uncles, they all did the same thing. Um, right there on a the reservation, they all jackpotted and little Indian rodeos and stuff. And then um, it was probably about right around 97, maybe I was maybe 12, I think 12, 11 or 10, 10, 11, 12, somewhere right around that area. Um, my dad, I was riding my dad's horse and his horse was a complete runoff with me. He was strong. And uh, my dad bought me a horse. It was 800 bucks. And uh, we called them Twinkies uh, after my one of my dad's best friend, Amos Monroe, he, uh, he's always, he, uh, he was a healer and header. He was pretty pretty well known. And he was like, uh, man, I'm Twinkies. He kept saying Twinkies because every time you get two feet, he said Twinkies. And so then we called his horse Twinkies. And that's where it all started from that, that one horse that just, we bought him cheap and, uh, we roped on him two weeks later and I went a saddle, went a saddle and then we we're hooked. Right. And then we went to the junior rodeos and then like, you know, the people that we hung out with what, back then, it was like, you know, Amos Monroe, Sean Shirley, Leonard Williams, you know, Leslie Williams, all those guys that roped really well when I was growing up. And then we all took off to the Jack rodeos after that, you know, rodeo, my dad rodeo with Sean and Leonard a little bit, Irvine. So it was a, it was a pretty good time growing up and watching them guys rope because Leonard, he was a he was an all-time great header too as well on the reservation there. He went to PRC Rookie of the Year back in the day. So it was, uh, it was good to have him around and watch his style of roping of, you know, going fast and then learning how to catch at the same time. So that's where it all started when we lived in Flagstaff. So Okay, so up there in Flagstaff. And, uh, and so Leonard, he was he, one of, he was one of the very first guys that maybe probably helped you out with your roping too. Is- yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad always was always there. And then Leonard, he kind of, whenever started the junior rodeos and stuff and we started moving kind of, we'd go up North to like Idaho and Montana and stuff like that for the junior rodeos and Indian rodeos. Leonard was there cause he, he, my dad would work. So he would leave the rig, the truck and trailer, with Leonard and Sean and I just kind of tag along and then he would come back, he'd catch a ride back to go to work for a few days and then come back up. So his, his main, my dad's priority was his job, you know, to, to support our family and to put food on table for us. And then my mom, she'd always work. So, and I had four sisters. So it was always, he was always coming home and I'd always be out on the road with, with them guys and, and, and doing that. So it was, uh, yeah, yeah, he helped me out a lot, Sean, Sean Shirley too. So it cool. was a, it was a cool deal. And I mean, just watching you now at the rodeos, dude, you you love it. It's pretty easy to tell. Um, you're at the head and box at all time, watching the runs, talking to the guys, hanging out with the judges. Like you, you, you know, you love to be at rodeos. Have you always? Has it been like that from day one? Just love team roping. Yeah, you know, I always, man, I always loved it. It was, it was an awesome feeling, and you know, it's, it's just a cool feeling. You get to go to different setups, and you know, you see everybody. You uh, like, I've never thought in the world like I'd be right here where I'm at. You know, got a chance to have a world championship. You know, it's everybody's dream to get a world championship, and then not only that, but just have a bunch of good friends. You know, all the fr- all the guys across the country. You know, you run into a lot of people, and and you get to meet them and be around them, and it's it's pretty awesome. Like you see houses, you see, I mean, you see the house, the people, the, the, 
the care for this rodeo love for the for the love of the game you know it's a rodeo game it's pretty neat you get to hang out with all those guys that that, that rodeo for a living as well and and uh, judges you know the judges are always cool you always got to pick their brains about something and <laughs> and that's one of the things I like is like you can go up there and start a conversation with them and and try to get some stuff that if something does happen to you you know what to do in a split second you know and just you know just kind of be friends with everybody you know trying to make it um try to be an easygoing guy i guess <laughs> right right so growing up right there on the res uh twinkies your first head horse started yeah. jackpotting on him win a saddle about 12 13 years old and you know the one thing about the the res is kind of interesting to me is there's a lot like there's a lot of competition really yeah. like uh, goat roping things like that was that kind of something that you you did growing up too and with the with like the they got like a lot of jackpots right that yeah. the goat rope yeah right? you know like they have a lot have lots of stuff going on it's just like being um, they got goat ropings they got jackpots they got you know they got they got something going on every weekend and in um every night especially growing up was always wanted to go goat roping and we'd go goat roping for a couple nights and then my mom would always come find us because we'd be there till midnight probably roping goats you know it was always getting trouble for that or we'd go hang out as um in the junior rodeos we'd go kind of hang out and do the stuff and then whenever uh high school came around it was same thing you know uh, goat roping and jackpots and then all of a sudden we're hanging out with uh you know Derek we'd go hang out at his place because he's a few years older than me and he roped really good and so we'd go hang out with him and rope with him and go to a few junior rodeos with him a couple times right so about that time that you're meet Derek and um how old was how old was Derek when you met him when I met Derek, he was probably 16, maybe 17 years old. And then I was just 14, 15. I, I mean, I was, I'm about three years younger than him. So, yeah, I was about around 14 or 15 years old. And then it, Derek and his dad, Victor, they, they're pretty pretty well known. Yeah. Um, they, they had some, some good horses. But that guy, he man, he was he was winning good. I mean, he is he moved into his rodeo career and. Yeah. make an argument that he's probably one of the, one of the better all-time headers so. yeah i could remember some of the times like we'd rope or he would rope and then the high school rodeo was going on at the same time and he was entered up entered up there too and he would go from there to jackpots and and there's several junior rodeos we get to go to um i i could recall this one one time it was pretty cool is uh at bluff we're at the junior rodeo and um bluff utah and i didn't have a head horse at the time i was my dad had took off to another indian rodeo so i was kind of sitting there on foot and it took forever i mean junior rodeos take all day and uh victor said hey ride this horse and it, it was his horse it was his best horse that he had it was hot shot he called him hot shot uh sorrow horse that i mean if you stood out to stir up and he would duck because Victor was well known for duck. I mean, reaching and right. sending it. And uh, <laughs> he came up to me and he's like, here, ride this one. Ride this one. It's be good. I was like, horse is going duck. And he says, no, no, no. He said, this is an old man horse. I'm like, you say that, but like he's going to duck. And, and so, but anyways, I got on him just anticipating this the, from the duck. Well, this booger, he'd never be ducked. He run right up to the stairs, stuck it on him. 
he heals them. We win second, I think, and and we went get our checks and we load up and we take off to go to Chin Lee again for another jackpot. I mean, that was it. It was like we took off and we met my dad at the rodeo and then we went to the jackpot and it was it was pretty cool. It was it was a cool feeling to rodeo with like with him and start with him. Be, I mean, hang out with him just a little bit. Right. So I mean, you you're competitive all the way through the the younger years, competing. Mm-hmm. All the time, whether it was junior rodeos, rodeos, things like that. At what point in time were you starting to think, okay, I, I want to take this next step and, and get around some, or, or I guess you're pretty much around the guys, but rodeo for a living or try to, to, to get into it even more. When Was there a certain time in your life when you decided that? Um, the, I always knew. I mean, I didn't know if there was a certain time. It was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Um, I've always dreamed of competing at the Wrangler finals and, and being a, being that kind of a cowboy, a team roper. Um, so I was, uh, I roped for, I mean, been around the house there for a long time until whenever we kind of grew up a little bit, got a little older. And then you seen Derek, Derek has always been our idol, been my idol, you know, as a kid. And, and, you know, I had a lot of older idols but Derek when he took off rodeo and it was like it lit, lit a fire underneath me where it says like man he can do it anybody can do it is one of those things where it's like he set the standard he set the bar for everybody to where hey it's possible it's possible to get off the reservation and go do it and, and he and he did it he proved it so like and he didn't have to have very much money or a rig or a horse it, it was just you can get out and go do it and it'll all come to you if you know what you're doing and so like it was in 07 when he started roping with victor eros and then 08 he made the finals and then um i guess before that i it was probably like in 05 we when they used to have the ropings over there in prim prim uh, nevada the triple seven yeah, ropings, the lucky seven lucky seven, seven ropings yeah, yeah. Um, there was a group of us kids, you know, Derek, Aaron, and Benoit, and I, we all roped, and I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, Sid and Jenny roped a leg to probably win that rope in that one year. Right. And so we just caught all, we all jumped in together, and we took off up to Las Vegas and went to watch performance. And we sat nosebleed, and I'm like, man, this, this is terrible sitting up here. I don't want to come back to this rodeo. I don't, I don't, I don't like to go to a rodeo that you're not entered at. Right. And, uh, so we, uh, we wrote, we watched the rodeo and walked out of there. And then I set my, set my biggest goal in my life was like the next time I come to this rodeo, I want to be entered in it. And, you know, so I think everybody, all the, all the guys that were with us did it. And not but three years later, Derek makes it, you know, and it was just like an eye opener. Like, wow, it is true. It, it can be done. And so watching him do it and making it and, and making a living with it. And I was like, yeah. And so I started working out a little bit harder and getting after it a little bit more and, and trying to find a horse and get things done. And I follow him, you know, three years later again, right. You know, he, in 08, he made it and then I made it in 11 and, um, it was, a uh, it was an awesome feeling to make it. Absolutely. Well, all right. So I, I got to back this up just a little bit. Seven years. It, you set a goal. Like, hey, yeah. this is this is the that was kind of the fire from like, okay, 
I, you know, you, you're roping and you're competing and that was probably your primary way of yeah. making money. But at that time when you watch that performance, like, Hey, this is, this is the moment when uh, now I want to, I want to make the finals. This is it. And it took you seven years. Yep. That's a long time. That's a long to hold time. That's a long, I mean, like I've, I've, we've, I've never walked into Thomas and Mac arena that one time I did. And then after that, I was like, no more, like I cannot, it, it just, it was just one of those feelings. Like I, I didn't know the feeling, but I just, I just knew like, Hey, don't, don't walk back in there. I mean, I could, I could remember having dreams and waking up and, and, and I was just growing up and I was like, mom, I want to, I had a dream. I was roping at the finals and she's like, well, good. You just keep praying and, 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 you know, working at it. You'll get there one day. I'm like, okay. And that was the biggest thing is like, wow. And set a goal that far when you're in high school, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy to set that goal. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the age of 24, you make it. And it's like, wow. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a game changer once you make it. To oh, that. for sure. It's, it's gotta, it's probably gotta be one of the most rewarding moments. Oh, it is. Like, you know, all the hard work, all the blood, sweat and tears that you put into it and, and all the sacrifices that you made in, in your life just to get there. It's like, man, this is, is all for this. And, and it's awesome. It's a great feeling and, and can't, can't take it away from nobody once they get that feel. Right. So, so to back this back up, um, I was you're 18 years old. Was that when you won Tulane Lake? Yeah, uh, I was 18 when Tulane Lake rope in. Tulane. Yeah, Tulane Lake. Tulane Lake. <laughs> yeah, you know that that was one of the biggest jackpots of the year. There, you know, there's there's a couple jackpots that you'd like to go to, and that's one of them. Um, that's like I said, you know, you learn how to catch catch a lot of cattle back in the day, and then when you had a a decent head horse, you can get by. And um, Talani Lake was a was a good one, man. It was a it was a good year that year. Um, I entered with Sean Shirley. I think I entered with him and another guy. I can't remember who I entered with, but um, so the a guy, the way what happened was the guy was supposed to bring some steers. Well, they didn't. The horn cattle didn't make it. So the the day before they went out and gathered a bunch of muleys up, <laughs> and. Uh, put 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 her put this roping together i mean it was happening there was there was horn cattle but the cattle were kind of getting shot already because it was like day two of the roping right and they had maybe four or five ropings a day and then 80 to 100 teams entered every roping um so they we they had found some muleys they had about maybe 20 head of muleys they got maybe 30 and uh everybody showed up and it was just starting out i think it was just the first year they're having that roping and um they had fees paid to the BFI and Sean Shirley and I roped and ended up and we've caught five of them or six of them. I think it was, and we ended up winning it. And so that was kind of a, like we got to go get to go. And I, and I had a decent head horse, wasn't the greatest. And, and I was just a senior in high school and everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got a, we got a head horse over here. Come try and but this would be good at the BFI. I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was one of those things. And Somewhere in between there, we, we, uh, before we got qualified, I was rodeoing in Montana. I rodeoed in Montana with, um, Terry Doka whenever I was maybe 14, 15, he'd take me up there in the summer times and I'd head for him and kind of ease around there and go to the junior rodeos and stuff too. Um, and he's, he's the one that kind of got me going as well. Um, um, he is a, 
he was a good friend of our friend of mine that uh, took me took me under his wing when I was younger. So we were in Montana and uh, we found a head horse that we roped on. We called him du- a guy owned him. They called him Dusty. Terry Wellman owned him, and um, I rodeoed on him. Won a bunch of money on him up there rodeoing, and then uh, when we got qualified to go to this roping in March, so in April we had spring break or March. It was a roping was in March, so in April we snuck up there to Montana and we bought this horse. I mean, we bought him cheap, right? You know, five thousand dollars. I mean, what? I mean, it ain't cheap, but like That's... back then it was expensive for me anyway. We bought him. And we go practice, and we get ready for this BFI, and we head up to the BFI to Reno with Sean. And that day was was the greatest day ever. Uh, caught caught every steer. We drew the drew on the better end of them, I think. Well, I, I didn't know if anything different between drawing and and catching. And Sean and I we roped really good that day, and just so happened that he. Mrs. Dally or popped off in the short round. We were third high call, 18 years old. And it was just like, wow, you know, this is kind of, kind of, didn't know, really know what was going on, but still like, I still want to win. I want to, you know, catch. So we catch and just popped it off his horn and lost his rope. And it was, uh, it was dang sure an eye opener there, you know? Right. So 18 years old, BFI, you get over there and it's, it's just, there's a few ropings all year long. It's just a different atmosphere. Yeah. I, I probably, I mean, no matter how old you get, I still feel like it's, it's gotta be like that for you. You yeah. know, it gets, gets pretty exciting. How nervous are you before that first steer? I was a little nervous. Yeah. I, I, I was a little nervous. Like, cause you're 18 years old, you're walking out there and you see, you know, Jake, Clay, all Speed, Rich. I mean, you see everybody that you see on TV, you know, just like, wow, like this is kind of, I'm I'm not I shouldn't be here, but I am here. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those feelings, and it's just like you kept kind of get starstruck, and but still, is in the back of your mind, you have this be like, yeah, I, I'm here to compete too, and you know, I'm here to I'm here to rope, and I'm not. I just didn't win a, a jackpot to get here. You know, I, I, we we worked at this, and and Sean he rodeoed he PRCA rodeoed back in the day too, so he wasn't near near as starstruck as I was, I guess. Right. So. um but it was just one of those one of those things where when you're got to work on your mental game is like okay well I'm still at home like I still practice I'm gonna rope the way I practice at home and this is kind of where I'm at and so but you know it it was a uh, it was an awesome feeling you get the announcers I think you had Reed Flake and you had Bob Tolman you know talking and going back and forth and it was it was it was crazy you know it was just the first year to to run that first one was a little nerve wracking. Got by him and then come back and knock our other ones down and just make good runs. Right. So short round time. What do you remember? I, I mean, f- for me, there's this gap. There's probably at least from the one of the last teams that go in the round to to when they start roping in the short round. There's probably twenty five to forty five minute gap. Yeah. Are you? Do you remember much of that time? Uh. Yes, I do. Uh. <laughs> Uh, it was, it's funny you say that it, the, the thing I remember was we had knocked a shoe off the horse. He had kicked himself pretty overreach, pretty good. And he was a little sore, a little off a little bit, but we were more worried about him than anything else. Well, we couldn't, we didn't know anybody, so we couldn't find like a butte or, you know, 
right. our vet box wasn't near as big as we <laughs> thought it was. Yeah. Now it is nowadays, you know, so, but we were more worried about him. I was more worried about him trying to keep him, you know, loosen up and not get stiff. And so it was, uh, we had to go find a shoer after that fourth, after the fifth one. We went to go find a shoer, so we were running around there trying to find a shoer, and we found a shoer, and then the short round starts, and then they they all walk out it walk walking us out there, you know they call us out and introduce us again, and it's just like wow. And then at this time, you know everybody's there watching. It's quiet, and then you know going, but still, it's just like in the back of my mind, I gotta I gotta learn, I gotta know, I know I gotta score good and go catch, and um. So we do the introduction and leave, and I go out back and kind of just ease around there a little bit. <laughs> Felt like I was riding. I mean, my horse, he was a little sore, so I was like, crap, I didn't know. So we watched a few runs, and then I, I could remember watching Steve Priscilla and Brett Buckus go right in front of me, and they drew a runner, run him three-quarters away. S- Steve turns him, and then Brett heals him, but he missed him. Like, he missed a pretty good sh- pretty good and so i was like gosh dang that don't don't miss you know and i got the thing like don't miss and i was like all right just just do what you gotta do and so i walk in there back up and sit there for a split second and call and go and the the head horse i got rode back then he was so so easy so 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 nice is is easy to compete on him and he we knocked a start run right up there and stuck it on him and and I could just see Sean coming around there and then heals him. And I make sure I ride to the end of it. And, and by the time we, by the time we face the, the steer's still coming at me and, and then the rope comes, I'm like, ah, oh. you know, it was just right. kind of a dagger. It's like, gosh, dang it. And, but that was a, that was a pretty cool rope in and to compete in, I guess you could say. Well, I think for at least this is how I'd feel. Um, there's probably a lot of questions in your mind going into this roping and, and with your roping career, you know, you're, this is what you're wanting to do and this is what you love to do. So now you're like, okay, can I compete? And then mm-hmm. you get to that point in the rope and you're like, I, I can win this roping. Yeah. And so you've like, there's this feeling like, Hey, I, I, I've got what it takes. And, and that kind of starts to come forward and you're like, and then the other thing that's really unique in this situation is the money at the BFI is it's a life changing amount for anyone, yeah. I, I think. And so to be able to win that amount is really big. So you go, you've got these two things conflicting, like, yeah. Hey, I, I did what it takes to, to win the BFI. And it's just, I mean, roping where people miss, it's yeah. not, you know, everyone's going to miss steers. But, you know, you, so you've got those two things like, Hey, I, you know, the, the money probably would have went a long ways really fast for you, especially an 18 year old kid. That's, you know, paying 5,000 bucks for a head horse. I yeah. mean, that's, it, it helps to have some money, but how do you take that and like build on that? Like basically get better from, you know, you didn't, didn't get the money that you yeah. know, you out of the roping, but you kind of prove to yourself, Hey, I'm, I've got what it takes. What, what's that next step? That next step after that was, you know, come home and and uh, try to work out a little bit more. And it is it is it the it was the decision of going to going to college right about that time, or you know, go to rodeos and stuff like that. And 
And so I kind of went to college. There's a little junior college right there on the res that I went to for for a little bit. They were going to give me a scholarship and stuff to go, you know, to rodeo out of there. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever, like get a scholarship to go rodeo. Right. Full ride, you know, because I've always competed in calf roping and bulldog just a little bit in high school. And um, so that happened. And it's like, all right, cool. And then. Got got going in college, got the books, got everything like I was going to be a school a school kid, and then two, about two weeks or three weeks in the school, the, the guy that can't that gave me the full ride said, "Hey, uh, they're not going to give you the full ride; they're going to give you half." I'm like, "Okay, well, what does that mean?" So we can't pay for some of this stuff and this and that. I'm like, "All right, well, I don't know what I'm going to do then. I don't. Right. I didn't have a partner at the time, and so then." Um, at this time, point in time, it was like Derek uh, and Aaron were, I, I was hanging out with them as well, too. We'd stay at Derek's place for a little bit. And I was like, they were they were getting ready to head down to Florida. Florida was a Seminole tribe down there, gave away a bunch of money. They had 10000 in each event. And they had two rodeos down at Hollywood, Florida, and then one at uh, Brighton, Florida. So... They were getting ready to head down south, head down that way. And I was, they were like, you want to go? I'm like, who am I going to rope with? And he says, well, you can rope with Aaron or Benoit. I'm like, yeah. So four of us kids, Aaron, Derek, and Benoit and I, we load up in a truck and head to Florida. After that, I never looked back at college. I was like, that's the college, right. uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna make a living, trying to make make it work with a rope. So we go to Florida and 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 in our rig, I promise you, we probably win maybe eight or ninety thousand in the in our rig, leaving pockets full. After Florida, calf roping, team roping, you between know, all those between events. all yeah, between the, the calf roping, team roping, and between the guys, the four of us, because Derek's dad flew and his uncle flew. Between the four of us, we've won. Number six of us, I guess, we win a bunch of money and we left there. Right. And we came home and started to, started to work out a little bit more and try to figure something out. And then, you know, 19, 20 years old, you, we're, we started to hang out with Derek's place a little bit more and rope. And, and he, he was working at it. And so we were all working at it. We all roped together. So Aaron, Aaron and I, we stayed there as well. And Vinoy, he's a Derek's cousin. We all lived there and roped. And then we competed and we roped against each other and practiced and jackpotted and all that. And we uh, kind of went our separate ways there for a little bit, but we always stayed in contact, roped and stuff. And you've seen Derek get – he was a healer. He was a, tried to heal back in the day. Right. So, which everybody does. Aaron was a healer back in the day. You know, my motto, I guess, is – we're all healer at heart and header by trade. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was pretty good. I mean, that's kind of after the BFI deal and then kind of going to Florida, we really worked at it and tried to get better at it in, in our horsemanship. And our horsemanship was, wasn't very good back then, you know, so. Well, uh, what I what I think, and I'm, I'm a little bit curious with, is do, do you feel like all, all of these things from the Twinkie at 12 years old, it's like, you know, that was the perfect situation yes. for you. And everything just builds on it. Like, you know, you, you're sure you'd love to win the BFI and have that steer back. But having the no time there and getting that experience 
adds to the next thing and then college and that not paying off like it just continues to build up like hey because i just keep hearing this like oh we just worked out a little more a little more and it's like all of those were just added were able to let you add fuel to the fire and just continue to work on it and be smarter and 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 get better and, and learn how to win more and more and is that is, is that kind of how it's starting to feel to you? Yeah, like, that's that's how that's how what it felt like. You know, I mean, you're you're just so close to winning and so close to getting over the hump, and it just it kept knocking you back down for some reason. But you know, whenever you come so close to where you can just you can taste it and just get down there, got get a hold of it. You know, that's the way life is. You 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 rodeo and you you do so good, and then all of a sudden it's, it's a very humbling sport, I should say. Is that you can get so close, but you got to keep working. You know, it's 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 a never-ending deal, and um, we is just you got to just keep working at it and getting better and better at it. And one that one time it, it'll pay off. Right. Uh, well, I, I think the mindset is if you work at it like that, it it allows you to like you've had a great rodeo career. And how old are you now? Uh, 30, 33. 33. And yep. is it nine straight NFRs? Uh, yes, nine straight NFRs. Nine straight. That's very hard to do. <laughs> There's just a couple of guys that have put that many together. Yeah. And uh, and especially now, Rodeo, in the last six, eight years, I think it's gotten more competitive than it ever has. Yes. And so being able to develop a work ethic that win or lose, you're getting better, is how is probably a lot to do with your, your career being successful and continuing to be successful. Would, yeah. would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it, um, coming from what little I had and you know, what nothing, you know, it's just sometimes you sit there and think about it a little bit and be like, man, I, I came, didn't have a whole bunch and got by with whatever I had and, and making it now is just like, is, isn't, it's a cool, it's a cool feeling. It's a, it's a great feeling. It's a, it's an eye opener for me anyway, to, to watch some of the best guys rope and, you know, you win some of the pre- prestigious rodeos and some of the biggest rodeos in your career. And then be like, and, and especially to make it nine times to the finals, it's and with four different partners, you right. know, it's, it's dang sure different, you know, different feelings, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's a, uh, just I guess lucky and fortunate you know we um, some of us get lucky and some of us are really skilled and you know we I just feel like I got both of them both right. of them in the bag I mean I'm really lucky in a way and then kind of I feel like I'm skilled at the same time but you never you never can master this rope and it's it's one day you're you're roping great and then the next day you could be can't catch one to save your life you know it's it's pretty tough well how do you handle that <laughs> oh man <laughs> change it up or do something different i guess you know it's it, in a rodeo last year was is a little different a couple years um i kind of took a young kid under my wing and 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 showing him the ways and he ropes really good and he kind of get caught up in you know dwelling on them bad steers a little bit last year and he'd be a little upset and i said man it, it's over it's done you can't do anything about it. We can't run them again until the next rodeo. And I kept telling him, I said, you know what the very next, you know what the very important one is? And he said, he kept asking me, he's like, what do you mean? I was like, the next year's of the next one is our next, is our mission the next year. And uh, so I kind of felt like it was like, okay, 
you know, using that part of it and, and can't, I hate saying it, but like being a veteran, being the old guy, you know, yeah, telling them like, Hey, don't worry about it. There's, we got 65 other rodeos. We got another hundred steers to rope. The next one will be the, the, the next one's on our mind. We can't worry about that one we missed or the one that got away from us. We can't, you can't, you can't think about it like that. The mission is the next. Yes. Yes. Our mission is the next one and, and we'll do good on the next one. You just can't, can't, can't do it, you know? So, but that comes back with, you know, roping with Corey Koontz and Corey Petska. Those are two guys. Well, let's talk about Corey Koontz. Cause that, you know, I think you guys had an interesting partnership. Um, you were, you 24? Yeah. I was, Tw- 24. I was 23, 24. Yeah. And, and how did that all, I mean, how, from the phone call or how did that work when, he, uh, when you guys the got phone, the, <laughs> the phone call was funny. Um, so it was, I think it was in 2000, the end of 2010, we're at the Indian finals and I roped a little bit with Monty Joe, um, Petska. Uh, he kind of took me in like an 09, 10, just a little bit here and there. I went, I think I went right after the 4th of July with him and then didn't make it. Didn't, didn't do near as good as I thought I did. So then, he had a new partner, so we, I went home, came back, and uh, kind of rodeoed just a little bit around the house and circuit rodeoed. And then in 2010, um, we were at the Indian Finals. I was heading for Aronson and Jenny, and we we were on it. We just we were don- we did really really good. We we've won a first, won a second, won a first, and we're just getting ready for the short round. Well, at the, in between that third and fourth steer, we, um, Corey Coons calls and I'm like, I mean, I, I didn't have his number saved, so I didn't know the number and I called him or he called me and I talked to him for a little bit and he's like, I just wanted to see what you had going on for next year. And I was like, man, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think I was, uh, somebody was trying to team up, uh, team up, um, team me up with uh, Dakota Kirkenschlager and so I was like I think I got a partner and then he's like okay and so then I run to Derek I said hey Corey Coons just asked me to rope what do I do and he's like uh what'd you tell him I said I told him I said I kind of already had another partner and he's like okay um you better go talk to Joe Beaver because Joe Beaver was commentating for us down at the Indian finals and so then I run over there to Joe B and he's like I said hey uh Corey Coons just called me and asked me to rope, and I, I didn't really know what to tell him. He's like, "Call him right back and tell him you want to rope with him." <laughs> I was like, "Serious?" He said, "Yeah." And you know, I was, I was a, still in shock at like, "Hey, Corey Coons calling me?" Like, like I knew who he was and knew what was going on, but like, why would he call me? And, and so I guess he, he had, he knew something about me anyway. So then I was just like, I mean, it, this all happened within three minutes, four minutes after hanging up with Corey Coons. Like you, you told you told him no. Yeah, like I told him no. Like yeah. no, I already kind of already got another partner, and uh, and I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. And so then I I went to Derek and then he's like, go talk to Joe B. So I went to Joe B. And he's like, do it. He's like, all right. So then I ran back up tunnel and kind of got away from all the sound and I called Coons and he's like, I said, hey, uh, did you find a partner yet? He said he kind of chuckled a little bit. No, I just got off the phone with you. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I want to rope with you, I said. And so that's when it started. It's like, okay, 2010 right. started. 
uh, or 2011 season started right then. So then at the rodeo, at the Indian rodeo, Aaron and I finish out what we went there for. We got our championship. He, he got a world champion healer and I was header. So it was awesome. Right. And was, it, was that your biggest win? That was the life? biggest win in my life right there is winning the Indian finals. And it's a big thing for us at that age. It was like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so then that momentum right there, just that win just carried that confidence. confidence and then winning all that, winning all that money. It was just like, yeah, we got it. Okay. So you've pretty much told dog, no, we're not roping. Yeah. And then called him back. Joe V, I, I, I can only imagine the look on his face when you're like, oh, yeah, Corey just called. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? Not on the yeah. phone with him telling him yes. Like, yeah. So, man, you, taking all that momentum from the win to, to like, you're, you're roping. As, mm-hmm. you, you probably feel like I'm, I'm good enough to compete at the highest level. You've got, what is, he's probably 17, 18-time NFR qualifier at this yeah. point. Yeah, I think he was like, uh, yeah, about 15, about 16 or 17. Pull. Yeah, yeah, like. I mean, he's one of the guys. Yeah. I mean, absolutely one of the best all-time healers. By and you, far. And you're getting, you've got him. Yep. And uh, so now it's, dude, I, I mean, that's got to be a game changer. Like your mindset does, what, what is, what do you do as soon as you're, you know, you're up with Corey? What, what, what's the, the process for that? Well, the process, whenever I, whenever he called me and he, uh, he uh, asked me is like, I needed my my next thing was to, to find a horse. I needed to find another horse. Um, I had the one good sorrel horse. Uh, he was good. He was terrible. He was great in the arena, but terrible in the box. And if you didn't really ride very well, he he'd get you, or you couldn't get by him. And so um, my next deal was to buy another head horse. Well, I I think I win maybe about ten thousand finals there, and. Um, I started looking and started looking and kind of calling around just a little bit. Didn't, didn't know hardly anybody, but um, B.J. Campbell called me and said, hey, I got a good horse up here. Um, guy owns him. They want 25000 from him. He's, I think, what at the time he was 10 years old or 11 years old. I'm like, okay. So I go up there, try him, and like the looks of him. Um, scored really well. He had run up there. Just didn't finish the strongest, but he did a good job. Um, go try him. I was with Ken White. We tried him. He said, what did you feel? I said, well, I felt pretty good. I scored really well. Just didn't finish very strong. And he's like, well, that's easy. Yeah, that could be an easy fix. But And then at this time, with 25000 that was a, that was a lot of money. you know. Right. And I was like, gosh, I don't know. And then... So I told BJ, I was like, hey, I can't pay for, I can't pay 25000 right now. I mean, all I got is $15,000 to my name. And he's all right, well, just give me 10000 and then we can make payments. And he says, you can make payments through the year. But, at, and he said at the end of the finals, the 10th round of the finals, if you don't have it paid off by then, I'm going to take him back. I'm like, okay, all right, deal. So we did a handshake and did the deal. And so we took him, and I started roping, and I started jackpotting him just a little bit. And then at this time, Corey Petsko was hanging out in Arizona too, and so we jackpotted him just a little bit. And he and I got talked to him. He's like, he asked me like, "What's his horse?" And I said, "I just bought him from BJ, and um, he's just a young horse. I mean, a ten year old that I think is is good." And he's like, "Is he 
You good? He's like, what does he feel like? I said, I don't know, but it feels easy and smooth. And he's like, all right, well, that's what you need. And because he would always go to the Indian jackpots too, around there too, at the Sacktone and kind of some of them around the town there. So we roped a little bit and I had this horse. We got ready and we took off. I went to Koontz's place right before Odessa. Um, right before Odessa, we went to Odessa and we practiced just a little bit right down the road from his place and off we went to Odessa. Went to Andrews and Jackpot and then the rodeo. Right. And gosh, we, I don't, I don't know what we did at Andrews. I think we might, we didn't catch them all at Andrews, but we did at Odessa at Super Tuesday. We placed. And we came back and we placed at Odessa Rodeo too. So then I was like, yeah. Off to a good, off, just, off to, just yeah, good just start. Good start. You know, good start. Uh, first rope, first jackpot roping with him. It was pretty good. And then I think we had to come down. I, then I, I think right after that, I moved down here and started staying down. I mean, stayed here for a couple months anyways. I didn't know anybody. Didn't know anything about Texas a whole bunch. And so we moved into the Brays, um, Billy Bray, whenever she said if you ever need a place just come by so I was like alright so we swung in there and been there camped out there for ever since then so right. but you know roping with Coons that year it was, it was an amazing and it was it was an eye opener and it was it was awesome it was the coolest feeling ever especially to get the call and the way it all started it was like wow and well, he got me to my first finals yeah man um and to deliver, you know, th- that yep. was the thing is you were ready yeah. and you got your chance and, and you were able to, to execute. Yeah. And I think it goes back to like what you, you know, we were talking about earlier, all of these steers and all of these things you've been through, put you in a situation to where, man, to, to get a guy like that and you hadn't really rodeoed a whole bunch it is, it's a big deal. He took a big risk on you. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time you didn't, you didn't drop the ball. Yeah, you know, you know he he dang sure did take a risk and and I just I was just I'm just thankful and glad he got, he took a chance on me. You know, to this day he's still still one of my heroes, still one of one of my good friends. Where I can go talk to him and visit with him and tell him, you know, hey, I you know thank you for giving me the opportunity because there's hardly any guys that would give an opportunity. You know, young enough kid and don't especially a header to to make it you know so it's it's a it's it's a cool feeling i i I thank him a lot and give him a lot of credit for it too well and what i think's impressive too is man there i mean twenty five thousand dollars for a head horse and and you bought that horse after yeah so it was like what was the most you ever paid for a horse before then that was uh, the most i ever paid for a horse was maybe sixty five hundred dollars so there you go on a horse that and and you've made them good and you you kind of traded some horses around and but that's the one thing about you is, man, grew up on horses that, you know, were not expensive horses and learned how to make them work. Yes. And so you learned how to ride and, and basically take these horses and make them, make them win yep. and, and, and teach them how to win. So that, that's a, that's a big thing to be able to, to have that. And then your, it was Rob, right? It was yeah, the horse Rob, you made. Yep. And, and then to get on one like that. It was probably a big step up from all the other horses you'd rode at that time, right? Yes, it, it was a it was a way different feel. Um, you know, the the horses that we always rode were rejects of somebody else or something that's blown up that we had to get by with, and then to get on him and and start on him, and it was just easy. 
scored really well, was smooth, run hard, and, and made made it made my job easy. And it, and at that point in time, it was like learning how to ride a horse and use a horse, and it was it was a good feeling because he never would never would get cheaty, never would want to be terrible at do anything wrong. He always gave me an opportunity and gave me that that extra push and that nudge to where if I could ride to my position to a spot to where I know I can catch every time, that was it. Like right. he he changed my roping career from from there on. I mean, I rode all the junk and got by with all the junk that before, but now this one here, he changed it and and set me up for for success where. Right. Now I know what a good horse feels like, and I need to keep finding them good ones. Exactly. You know, and I think the other thing is you've developed a style that learned, you know, from an early age, you had to mm-hmm. catch how to win. You had to ride some horses that were not good and figure out how to keep them working. So, like, all of those pieces were already together. Like, you, you yeah. knew how to win. And then when you got on a horse that was a winner, and then to have a partner that's a winner, that I, I'm sure that. Dude, I'm sure there was times where you missed some, and and Corey would tell you exactly what you needed to hear. Was, yeah, was was that kind of the way that would go too? Yeah, you know that 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 was it. You know that was kind of the one where I just had to stay stay aggressive and never let up. You know, as a young age, I remember right a young guy. I was I remember being high called at, at a rodeo up here in Durant, and I was roping with a guy by the name of Jimmy Cole, and. Uh, we were high call back and we had to be eight seconds or something like that. It was some some long is to win saddles and you know, a couple thousand dollars to win it and I safetyed up and I tried to float it on there and catch him and waved it off and well from Durant back to Arizona was a long ways and I got my butt chewed and he's like, You never safety up, never ever safety up and from then on I was like, Okay, don't ever safety up take the same shot that you would do every day, day in and day out, in the practice pen, wherever. But And then that's when the mental game came in. It was like, okay, mentally I can do it. Mentally I can go ahead and set up my run and, and get into a position. If I can ride to my position and do it, and that was awesome. Right. So And then that's where the horse came in to play. It was like, okay, an eye-opener, smooth, easy-going horse, a winning horse that could give me a chance to do it. So then that's when... Roping with dog as as one of the all time winningest cowboys going on the road is like yeah, I got a chance now. So now, not trying to safety up and not trying to sac. I mean, not trying to be safetying up and just be aggressive with what I got and and the the way the way I swing and the way I deliver my rope is a little different than most guys. And so it's like if I can keep doing what I'm doing and work on myself and work on sacrificing and catching steers at the right time and the right places will work so that's where it all came into play right so you essentially you're just you know this is cool to hear because i mean dude that's not something i've ever heard and i don't think many people do you know when you miss a steer for a few thousand bucks and a a big steer that Mm -hmm. really when especially everyone needs the money like you said didn't you don't have much money at this time partner doesn't yeah and you get your ass chewed after a big miss, like to me, I know, like man, I'm down. I, oh, yeah. I no one's harder on me than me, and I feel like we, we're almost all think we're that way until 
you're getting a butt chewing after you had missed one for just trying to trying to win. Yeah. It wasn't like you did something dumb. Yeah. You like try you were just trying even harder to catch the steer. Yeah. And and to be able to take that that moment in your that miss and then benefit from it and realize, hey, you know what? If I'm gonna miss a steer, it's gonna be how I rope. Yeah. I'm gonna go to my spot and rope how I rope and that's good enough. And mm-hmm. that's what you work on day in and day out, just like you said. And it's, it's cool because I think that, I mean, you probably would agree with that one of the, that was one of the bigger moments in your roping career to help you prepare for roping with dog. Yeah. You know, the, all roping, all growing up and roping and putting yourself in different scenarios, you know, you, you go to practice pen and you say, you know, you're at this rodeo, you're at that jackpot and you're high call or something like, you know, you always put yourself in them situations where where you set yourself up you try to set yourself up to be successful but then again <clears throat> when you compete is like when you go to make the run is like i need to do this because i can win here and there and, and so that's where you mentally you got to set yourself up and then whenever you don't do good you got to mentally be you got to understand like okay what did i do wrong what why why did i miss him or what did i do you know most of the time just i didn't ride my horse very good i Drew drew bad. Well, those aren't excuses, you know. Those can't those can't be excuses at all. It's one of the things where <clears throat> you work at it in the practice pen. You may have a head duck, or you may have something that runs, or whatever it's cuts left in front of you. It's the same setup. You you catch them in the practice pen. What's the difference between catching them at at this rodeo or that rodeo? You know, it's you just gotta set yourself up. Like, okay, well, it's just. just it's like in a practice pen. I can do it in a practice pen. I can do it anywhere. That's where I set myself up and, and understood it to where I visualize it and imagine like, okay, we're in a practice pen. We're in a practice pen. Right. And, and that's what I, I mean, that's what my, my, my vision and what I do is where. You, you work at it in the practice pen, believe that you have all of those catches. You've, yep. you've wrote that steer in the practice pen thousands of times. Yes. And so when you're in competition, you expect yourself to do it. Yes. And then even more importantly, when you don't, you, you how do you look at that? You, you just hold yourself accountable. Like, Hey, I miss this steer. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, everybody, you're going to have, you're going to miss some, you're going to, you're going to catch a bunch, miss a, miss a bunch, but it's, it's a, like I said, it's a very humbling sport where you can be like, yeah, I've, I've won the biggest one. And then all of a sudden. You can't catch go can't catch one to save your life, but if you can set it up to where you can go ahead and and um, set yourself up to be successful, you can. Well, I think um, a couple good examples are are some NFRs. Uh, you and Petska. Uh, there was one year. I'm not I'm not as sure on all the years, but there, it was like re, one of the later rounds, and you guys are now having the chance in the average and. It's looking like you have a chance for a world title. Yeah. And you miss that steer, right? Yep. Um, I, I've heard it from, I think I read an article just a little bit about it, but you don't really talk about that steer. Like, I, I know what I did wrong. I missed him. Yeah. Is that, I mean, I know it hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it hurts, you know, like stuff like that. Um, Everybody wants to know what's happening, what's going through your mind, and, and especially in Vegas, you know, you you miss one, you you catch, or you know, whatever. And you, the next day, you got to go do autograph signings for 
your sponsors and stuff, and then you get all the people that are watching, and then they, so then they try to critique you and they're, tell you their armchair you're, quarterback. Yes, and you're, yeah, so they're trying to tell you what you're doing wrong and this and that. I'm like, man, I, I'm not, I don't want. I, I, thanks for the advice, but you know, I know what I did, and it's done with. That's that was last night. Like I'm here for tonight, today, and tomorrow. Like that that was it you know one of the coolest things ever was that that night i missed it was it was in the ninth round i think it was or the eighth round ninth round and um man i felt so bad i man i we had a chance to win the average we had a chance to to win it all and i missed and and then uh well not only that but the horse that i was riding goes down you know dolly um she she did something in the eighth round where we're walking up the tunnel there and she was off on the back ride a little bit. I'm like, man, this don't feel right. And then Corey's like, looks, and he's like, gosh, I can't see it. I don't want to, I don't want to see it, you know? So he kind of took off a little bit and I got off her and I, we went back there and seen the bed and so they were going to x-ray or diagnose, whatever. And so the next morning I called around and asked see what was going on. They said, no, she's, she's hurt pretty bad. So you got to change it up. So that day I get on and, my my dun horse and I go go run a few series down there at um South Point Chris Francis and his crew down there uh, Matthew Landon Cali let me run a few series there and so I come back that night and I rope and it's usually pretty tough to go practice and and compete at the finals because it's a different vibe it's a different feel yeah and so I tried it I ran a few series just kind of sharpen that horse back up because he's been off for a few days and uh come back that night and just the timing was just a little off you know the the timing and the delivery was just a little off but you know still missed missed him and tried to fish on didn't do any good and rode out the back end that night and man i told pesco man i'm sorry i said I should, uh, i'm so sorry and i felt bad because we had a really good opportunity when the average and then he says don't worry about it if it was the end tonight we're still the champs and then i was like Serious? And he says, yeah. And, and this was a couple hours after the rodeo. So, and uh, and he's like, yeah, we we still had a, we still have an opportunity to win it. We just got to do good tomorrow night. And then and if the right guys catch and if the wrong guy, I mean, if the right guys miss it, we still got an opportunity. I'm like, okay. So that kind of livened things up just a little bit better because I was feeling down a little bit. And then I was like, all right, well that that's easy enough. My partner says we still can do it. We can do it. And the next night we draw another good steer and and then uh it was just a it was a the 10th round was just a weird this a weird night you know and sitting there you sit there thinking about it i mean if you really think about it looking back anyway you know there's uh the 10th round steer drew steer number 13 in vegas that's a terrible number in vegas you know you right. sit there everybody talks about it and i'm like gosh dang and so 13 and then i think what we had to do we had to place kind of higher up in the go round or in the go round to have a chance and then we and he had kind of had a drooped horns a little bit and i don't really like that you right. know make sure it's one of those things where you make sure and get it down over the right horn as much as you can well that's your step left and right into my office and i was like oh perfect shot so i kind of stick it on him and Turn him well, then Corey's horse stumbles, misses the corner, tracks him up, and I'm thinking like, 
oh, man, I need to get off the fence. And so I'm trying to kick and get my horse off the fence. And about that time, the steer's running up behind me. And the steer's running up the rope. And probably one of the greatest heel shots ever. Steer running up the rope. Get back into position. Heels him. Right. Two feet. Or eight. Eight, eight or eight. I don't, can't remember what it was. Eight on that steer. Go out the back in the mode. That's not the way you wanted any finals, you know, on a steer like that. You wanted to be more of a four-second, you know, four-second run and then get done. And they call us. We get up to the top and uncension and doing all the stuff. And they come up there and call us and like, hey, come on. You guys win your championship. Come on. I'm like, you serious? You guys ain't pulling their legs? And that guy's like, nope, come on. Doug, he ran up there and got us and took off. And that was it. And it was just like... Pinch me, hurry, pinch me. Are we, are, is this thing for real? You know, right. it was one of those things. It was, it, was a, it was an awesome feeling to, 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 to be a part of and to, to share it with somebody. You know, that's, well, that's an awesome feeling. Man, to, to under, like, it, it has to be the greatest reward. Um, but there's so many lessons. Like, just three nights ago, I mean, you, it, it was probably feeling like it's over. Yeah. Like, you had just missed the biggest year of your life. Yeah. And, your partner, probably something you've been saying now, on, to, on the next year is the mission. Mm-hmm. The next year. And and then for you to come back and do it, you need to do it to figure out how to win. Yeah. It's probably not how you guys drew it up and wanted to, no. but it, it, it was perfect in the way it worked out. Yeah. And, uh, man, that, that's cool because the – was it the year before? The, what year did you have the stud? Uh, I think it was in 15. I think it was 15. So I think two, I two years before that? Two years before that, I think, yeah. Like That was one of your... Was that your worst finals you ever I, had? I think so, yeah. Like you, I mean, it was just... It just wasn't working. Well, yeah, it just I wasn't don't connecting. Uh, rode, rode, I rode two different horses that year, and it seemed like we couldn't catch catch Cole to save our life. I mean, we just won... I think we won bare minimum of maybe thirty or 40,000. It was pretty tough. It was, right. it was a pretty tough year that year, you know, just the timing and just wasn't in the right, I don't know. It was just, it was just one of those things where it wasn't, wasn't clicking, I guess. And you tried to fight through it as much as you can and work at it. We went practice and rode practice every day and try to make it work. But it was just, it just wasn't working that year, I guess. You know, just some some years you have your good years, and some you just can't catch coal in that arena. You know, right? But well, I think what's fun is you guys had a run, mm-hmm. and you've worked on your run for a long time, and then you guys have a bad year, and you guys stay together after the finals, which you see a lot of great teams that start they they're done. You know, they don't mm-hmm. want to rope anymore, and you're like, man, they had a good year, but had 10 bad days yeah and for you guys to stay with it and then stay with the run throughout for a couple more years and then and then to get the world title out of it yeah that that had to have been like i feel like just that the lessons in itself had to have been so huge because to go through these bad nfrs um and and i think you had one more year where did you guys miss a steer where where you kind of had a chance to win the world as well it was towards it yeah and you guys didn't catch that steer so it's like you could have this belief like, man, we're not, not, we're never going to get this. Yeah. I'm like close. And then, and then to do it and by staying with what you guys had done and, and you know, whatever to be able to swap horses and, and do it like that. It's, 
I mean, there's a lot of resiliency you have to show to, to just to get to that point. Yeah. You know, the, the run that Corey and I had, Petsco, what we had was, a was probably one of the coolest runs ever. You know, he, it's almost like back in the day when you had Charlie Pogue and Brett Buck is where he'd run up there and catch him, give him a good go and heal him. That was our run. That was our setup. It was, it was unbeatable at places. It was, you know, it was just as sweetest feeling ever. He can run a steer halfway and still be fast. You know, that was, that was our run. We set it up really well and steers that go off to the right. I, I was pretty dang good at, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. I can make it work. <clears throat> and then doing all that and that and going to Vegas and keeping them straight. You know, Vegas is a little small arena. Straight, the better. Maybe off to the right, a little bit better. I mean, it's a little tougher, but it's easy. And we we had a couple of years that was, we had that one year that was pretty tough, and I thought we were done after that. But, you know, he he wanted to stay hooked because in the summertime, in the wintertime, in the, you know, the jackpotting was really good for us. We won a bunch of money jackpotting. I think it's the year that 15 that year we win the bfi right um you know just some of the biggest rodeos in our career that we won you know san antonio houston the same year and you know just some, some of those stuff where it's like yeah you know those big rodeos and those things in the summertime that make us one rodeo is not going to change your whole career it's the long haul of rodeoing through the year that's going to keep us going kept us going and because we were winners and and easy going uh, outside the arena where we were in several it was it was a cool feeling like we joked and laughed and you know we, uh, it was a cool feeling it was always a good feeling to have that especially rodeo in the summertime you know you, you sometimes you're on a heater sometimes you can't you're not and then but if you can still have that friendship outside the arena it was always good because you can always depend on them and, and be accountable for it and so that's where Mentally, you have to prepare for all the, the good and then the bad. And then you can't, you just can't, I guess, can't be on the high horse all the time. You know, you always got to be humble and be thankful that what what they bring you and what they throw at you, you can take on. Right. I mean, and it probably wasn't all, always that way for you. I, I think when you and Corey were up together, there was... I'm sure he gave you some good advice, but did you guys kind of go up and down with your relationship at times? No, no, we we never never had an up and down in our relationship. It was always it was always good. Um, I know one time I tried to I I don't know what I was trying to do. Um, it was I think maybe like fourteen, thirteen or fourteen. I I thought I might have been a healer. You know, I was trying to help him a little bit, <laughs> and uh, he told me he's like, "You're not a healer." I right. said, "I'm the healer." You just worry about your part, and I'll do my part. Right. Oh, okay, cool. And th- and after that, it was like, all right, yeah, that you are. Tr- he is right. You know, like, what what am I trying to do? Trying to tell him how to heal, and he's been there so many times, and it's just like, all right. And I was just worked for a team. You know, we're a team. We're, we did what we needed to do, and then if I didn't feel like I did a good job, I'd go ask him, and he'd he'd tell me. And, and being a quarterback, uh, they say the headers are the quarterback, and it, it, it is. It, it is pretty true. And you got to set yourself up to to help him be successful because if, if, if you don't give him the right go or the right chance or keep the same consistent run, 
it was it was tough like if you if you don't give them the same consistent run and the same consistent go it's always a different feel and it's like how are you guys going to win you know if you reach and hit them harder than normal and then run off with them it, it's a it's a different run you know nowadays it's everybody's reaching so it's kind of hard to keep a keep a real consistent run but if you can get by that one out of five you're doing pretty good you know right but you know he's well that's the only time i think we ever had a little conflict is when i was trying to be a healer and try to give him healer advice as a header you know it's just all right and then oh i open i'm like okay we're 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 good friends and, and when he says don't worry about my healing you worry about yourself i'm like okay because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, you're right. You know, it is true. You know, people try to critique each other and tell them what to do. And it's just kind of like, all right, well, I need to stay in my lane because whatever we're doing is we're winning and we're keeping it that way. Right. What's the biggest, what is the biggest thing you learned from roping with Corey? The biggest thing I learned is probably catching. I mean, I always had to catch bag in my tool, but if I could catch with, if I can catch and turn it every time, no matter where we're at, our confidence stayed up. Confidence is kind of where it came in. Confidence is, is a big key factor in here. You know, confidence, everybody, there's people that have a lot of confidence and there's people that don't know, don't know what confidence is. You know, they, they just go with the flow and with him, it was, that was one of the biggest things is running with him is confidence and and working at it every day right so when you guys were roping um did you ever have a spell there where you missed a few steers in a row uh yeah we had a we had a couple spell we, we had a couple you know here and there we it was it was uh it wasn't very much it wasn't very many i mean it might have been a week or you know a few couple, days just yeah. a few days that i might have missed or something like that or or we couldn't catch coal or we didn't draw very good you know so it was just like okay well that's fine we get out of this slump and i think it was in 15 can't remember yeah 15 we didn't win anywhere besides we didn't win anything over the fourth of july and we made two hellacious runs at st paul oregon Win eighty five hundred, I think it was what we win. Right. And that's over the fourth. That's a big win. Yep, that's very and big. That's all we want over the fourth of July. And then after that, after we win that rodeo, it was kind of right at the end of the of the, of the fourth of July run. The next week's just as important too. You know, you got Colorado Springs, um, Casper, Sheridan. Yep. We dominated that week. Right. We go to Hamilton. We go to Minnesota, Wisconsin. We we have a twenty thousand dollar week. Right. And it's just like, wow. You know, you can go go one week not not winning a check, and then all of a sudden, like one win turns the whole thing around, and then all of a sudden, like you're riding, you're we are winning again. You're back into the mode that you want to be in. Right. And I think that's where you you learn that stay the course. Yes. The mission is the next steer. Yes. Yeah, I, I really like that term. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a really strong way to work on it. Uh, what about the, you know, we kind of talked about the mental game and, and and along with that. Has there been ways that you've worked on developing yourself mentally, becoming 
like being consistent in competition or have you always kind of been pretty good? I mean, from the BFI story, it sounds like yeah. you, you know, you kind of were able to focus on what you needed or how, how have you developed your, your mind throughout your rodeo career? Um, the, the mindset of my rodeo career was to catch, uh, I, I like to catch a lot of steers. I like to, I want to, and that's my biggest thing is I want to catch a lot of steers, catch every steer I can nod my head for. I know most of the time it ain't going to work, but, um, if I can do that everywhere and set it up, set up a run to where I can put myself up to, to win, to learn how to catch at certain spots here and there. And you, that's what it was that's what it was when I was growing up. It was like I need to and crap, I think it all started back in the day when we we're twenty dollars, sixty dollars right. and that's all we had to get to go somewhere. And I I mean we I could remember pawning a couple of saddles. I mean I've won a ton of saddles about this time and we'd pawn them and we'd be at high school rodeos and jackpotting and, and me and my, my best friend Kesley, we would uh pawn our roping saddles and just to go rope and try to win and then we won we we got we gave it back you know and there's a couple of guys out there that really really helped us out down the road you know one of them was billy reeser out there in arizona he cody reeser's dad he had always sit there at the high school because we wanted a jackpot and stuff and we wouldn't have no money Right. And we'd go pawn a saddle on him for a couple hundred bucks. Well, if we didn't win anything, we we'd tell him we'd pay him back next time we see him. Or if we won, we'd pay him back right then. So there's a couple times where he did that, and then we we've always done that with him. And to this day, he's he's still the coolest guy ever. I look up to him anyway. I mean, he's a pretty cool guy to always do that. We always played high low with him and stuff. And so this one, this just goes back to you know early life of learning how to win and learning how to catch is kind of what came up to to right now you know to this day it's the same thing if you can if you can have that in your tools your bag of tools you know it's it's always going to be a good feeling to have right because you'll need it at some point in time to where if you you could have you can run for a million dollars and if you can still catch and be good yes that's awesome that's always going to be a good feeling the, the mental part of it to be like yes right so when you say catch is there a certain mindset that you have like you try to duplicate every time like obviously as a header we've got to when we get in the box you got to watch the start but uh, a lot of people get thinking about their swing or, or something like that and I, and I think it's it's not a good thing to do but um, <laughs> yeah you know when you're when you're in the box and you know that's that's what you, you know, your mindset is catch, get to your spot and catch, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah. so do you, what, what do you try to think about before you nod your head or do you try to calm your mind or what is that like for you? Man, I, I don't know, man. That, that part of it is just, when I'm back in the back of the box, I mean, I draw a blank. Everything around me stops. Everything around me, don't see it, don't, don't dang it, you know, is me and the steer, me and my horse, you know, the, it's the horse and I, and then the steer and I, and it's, it's one of those feelings where you, you, you block everything else out because 
and you ride. You ride ride to a position to where you can catch. Right. That's that's my biggest goal. My biggest thing is my swing's always gonna be the same. My swing's always gonna be the same. My delivery is always gonna be the same. It's no different than roping a dummy. You can sit there and rope the dummy a thousand times the same way and you can go on a head horse, get on the same horse and do it again. That's gonna be the same way every time. It's just a matter of setting it up to where the same swing, the same ride. If you can ride, swing the same, and deliver, it'll be the same every every time. Everything's gonna be pretty much the same all the time. But in, in the back of my mind is ride to the spot where you know you can catch every time. Right, and that goes back to your practice. Yes, and that goes practice. back to your youth, and that goes to, hey, I've built all of these shots, so I've got the catch. Yes. Um, and you can go do that. I mean, obviously, you're yeah. one of the best catchers ever. Uh, but then you, it's like, okay, I got to go fast. So you put that, you know, that's something you've worked at practicing. And now you know you can go fast, but it's still the same set. Like, it's still the same, right, to, yeah. to go fast. Yes. You, you still have to ride. You still have to get to a spot where yes. you can catch from. Yes. Yeah. So you still, uh, to go fast, you know, let's say, like, you know, you go to jackpots. And then you have to go to Thompson Mac. It's the same it's the same run over and over. You dang sure have to score, ride your horse, get across there, stick it on them. That's the same thing, no matter how fast you're going or you're just going to go tune your horse up. It's the same thing day in and day out is score, ride your horse to the position that you catch. Right. It, it may be in a small setup, it may be in a fast setup, but the barrier, if you can ride through the barrier and be aggressive on the barrier, it's going to be the same. Because you're going to be on the same spot you know one swing two swings and you're catching you know there's it's just you can do the same thing at a rodeo you can swing one two and catch you know yep. if you can have the same delivery the same swing and and not necessarily think about it a whole bunch but just have that feel you got to have that natural ability the feel of like i know i can do it let let me just react to the situation and not overthink it and be like okay I need to make sure I have my swing right here at this spot. You know, you're thinking about something else instead of catching. Right. You're thinking about everything else besides catching. The, the catching is your last thing, but my first thing is I need to go catch. My swing's going to be the same. My, 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 I got to make sure I ride. If I can ride and have my swing the same, I'm going to catch. You know, a lot of guys think about it a different way, you know, scoring and trying to get by on a horse that's maybe tough to score on or you know there's there's a lot of other variables that you, people think about overthink and then versus just like okay what do i need to do to go catch they don't they're not too worried about the catch they're more worried about something else right and you see that you see that quite a few places or you know guys like to break it down a little bit too much and overthink it and once you overthink it it's just like what are we doing you know i mean what what was the concept of breaking it breaking that part of it down versus let's go break down and catch steers right you know and i think that goes back to your work ethic mm -hmm. like hey if if you feel like you're not fast enough you have to get to where you can catch from a little further back or maybe less yeah. on, on two or three swings and it, it goes the same like like the other day the wcra rodeo i mean you guys were were you three twice over there uh it was four three and then a three one time yeah okay so to i mean those deals are set up to go really fast and and guys will all of a sudden i mean it's almost an uncomfortable situation for a lot of headers mm -hmm. um, for you it's definitely not at this point in your life but 
it still stays with that we still stay within that same thing like hey i still gotta i still gotta score and ride my horse yep and just trust that and and you've developed this feel for like hey this is how i cut it at him to be you know to press or to be to be even faster and um and so and just so everyone if they didn't see it the wcra uh was it 10 guys that come back nine nine, nine guys came came into the okay. rodeo so there's nine guys and then they take the top four three. top three mm-hmm. so everyone runs one and then the top three times come back for a one header yep. first pays 50 50 000. 25 i think and think like ten thousand or something like that yeah right so it's a it's a great opportunity but you're kind of guaranteed a check yeah at the 10 so you're really trying to win first you're trying yep. to make a run that no one can beat and, and so what is your mindset going into that that second steer oh the second steer that was uh gosh ain't that that was probably one of the toughest short rounds i've been in or in a wcra deal like top three guys normally they'd take two and i've i've been out on the outside of two i've been third one at green bay one year or same year but um to set it up to set your run up and you your last guy out and you and that's always a good feeling right but when you're first out it's like you gotta set the bar for them guys and then let them chase you and then now it's like i'm chasing the bar you know i gotta try to beat the bar beat those guys that have set the run up so we had um paul eaves and uh cody snow they were four four made a great run on us right. a little stronger and then Chad Masters and them have another good. I mean, all this top three steers were really good. Everybody was set up to win something. And um, Chad and them drew another good steer, and they were six, three six, you know, or three sixty seven, I think is what it was. And it was like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I I wanted to go really fast, but then again, it's like, calm down. This is the same thing, same setup, same scenario. You're back in the back of the box. In the practice pen, you're setting yourself up like, okay, I can do it. I know I can. It's just make sure you see the start, ride, and stick it on them. The same, get yourself into position. Don't don't get yourself out of position to where you can't catch. So, you know, you draw the right steer, and we picked the right steer. I guess the final three, you get to pick your steer, and we get a start stick it on them i mean i could promise you i've don't re- recall the last time i roped a neck to win money i mean it was right it was a clean neck shot steer hit fast Peyton heals him and finish and it was like 365 and i'm look i'm looking at the clock i'm like is that did, did, did this just happen and, I, and i'm like yeah, and then because whenever you're going in it, you're kind of just more or less after you get done with the run, you kind of listen to the announcer, and the announcer I can't remember what he said, but it was like, "Are you kidding me?" or something like did the, and it was just going back and forth. I'm like, "Wow!" And then all of a sudden they finally announced the winners. I'm like, "Oh, we did win it." Right. You know what I mean? It was it was one of those things where we made a hellacious run and made a great run and. Chad and Chad and Wesley made a great run too. You know, I just wish we could all won. You know, we all did win, but to to win that big big rodeo there like that, that was a that was a game changer for us. It was just like yes, 
Right. We went up there. For, we went up there, and we needed to. I needed to win it. Peyton needed to win it. It's just one of those runs where, and and especially when my my good horse he goes down. He went crippled, so I had to borrow a horse. But you know, um, the horse I borrowed is one that I've rode several times. The the Rome mare that Logan owned, and you know Ken Ken and Ken Bray and the Brays they they own her now. So it's just kind of like. It's kind of cool to 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 ride her, ride that horse at that rodeo. That were I always liked her and always yeah. done good on her. So like, she's an easy horse to ride. You know, just one of those things where it all lined out and maybe it was a good calling. You know, my done horse needed a break, and so I thought I'd send him home, send him home, and get him looked at, and get on the mare and try her out. And by golly, you know you. You make a few runs the day that we're getting ready to send horses to west to to the wcra we're getting ready to practice and my good one goes down and kind of get the second string well the second string is going to get ready to go to the do the american qualifier right and so you call ken and tell him like hey can we can we borrow the mare can we use her and he's like yeah make three or four runs on her felt good and off she goes, and we see her a couple of days later. You know, it's just it's just one of those things where you work at it, practice, and it's going to be the same when you go to another rodeo. Well, it's it's the foundation of what you've built through your life. Yeah. You know, you've rode a lot of horses. You've figured out how to make them work, and uh, and a few years ago, got had to do it to. I mean, it was a ho- your good horse, but mm-hmm. you had to get back on him for the NFR and didn't have that rhythm and and still were able to do it. I mean, and, and so it's one thing about winning and being a winner. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to adapt. Yeah, you got to be able to adapt and change change your riding or change change the feel of the horse you're riding. You know, that's that's kind of a... I mean, I rode some of the best horses there is, and and I rode some of the worst horses there was. and But it's a it's a feel that you can't can't get you have to work at it and you have to ride ride and when you ride a ride a bad one and get by with him a good one feels that much better so when you get on good ones you cherish it as much as you can because they're are far and few between them ones right so man you've uh we've we've been getting after this i, I have a few more questions <laughs> yeah. so but uh uh you know for someone like youth especially there there's all kinds of excuses and and people and reasons why they can't rope for a living or or choose this path yeah and you probably have more excuses than anyone and didn't use them and have been successful you know if you could give one piece of advice to someone that's wanting to go down the this path of roping for a living what what would you tell them try hard believe in yourself you know, if you can believe in yourself and doing it, you can. You got all the ability to work work at it. But you know, there's a, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. You can't you can't make an excuse for anything. There's no excuses. There's no there's there's there should be not one excuse for you not to be the best guy there is. You know, you sit there and I watch a lot of motivational videos on YouTube and be like, there. You know, the the guys that you see, you know, you like why. Why can't I be the best player? You know, why can't I be the best roper? Why can't I do that? Well, it's not why. It's how you work at it. Your work ethic of doing it and and the people that you surround yourself with. You know, you always got to be around the good. I found out 
I mean, I didn't find out, but like if you know you're around the right people and you know you're in a successful area, you're going to be successful. If you want to be on the other end of it and, and kind of live the nightlife and, and, you know, do the other, other rodeo scene or do, the, do the, some kind of other scenes with drugs and alcohol and kind of all that stuff, you know, it, it's, it can take a toll on you. It, it, it ain't sure take you off the road. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all done, been a part of it probably at some point in time. But if you can just be, try and believe in yourself, you can get there, be successful. Who was the first person that really showed that? Like, uh, I know that you're around Derek and, and a few of these guys, but was there a person you're like, man, this guy works at it really hard. This guy handles things like he just he's just different and he's a winner. Was there who was the first person that you saw that, that did that, that you really like looked up to? Gosh, you know, that's a pretty good question. Man. I, Derek, Derek would be the guy, man. He's he was the he was a young kid that, from from my point of view, and from coming off the reservation to set a goal for everybody, set a bar for everybody. Like he was, he was the guy that did it for me. He probably did it for Aaron, you know, and and. And the rest of the generation coming up, you know, we've we've set a bar for those kids that to where, not only on the reservation but off the reservation and out in the world, where across the country, we're like, hey, it's possible. Like if you work at it and believe in yourself, you can do it. Because we've came from nothing, we had we had nothing as kids, and what we got now is what we work for, and it's it's a job. It's it's something you have to work at every time and, and be smart about it, not and try hard if you got a lot of try if you can if you want to do it if you want to be that person you can do it you know you just got to build it up in your mind and build it up in your soul to be i want to be that person i can be that person and it's not only for rodeo it's for anything that you want to be in the world you know if you want to be an astronaut if you want to be a firefighter if you want to be a policeman or something you know anything you want to be you can be right (coughs) so I mean, obviously, Rodion, we, we, we make mistakes or have things that we regret. Yep. Do you have something that jumps out in your mind like, oh, I wish I would have done this or known this when I was younger and would have helped you out a lot more? Yeah. You know, there's there's a, um, I guess, be riding a good horse, you know, Rodion-wise anyway. You know, if I knew, like I, if I knew a little bit more about taking care of a horse right back then than I do now I can't imagine how 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 fast my career would have started cuz I didn't know anything about you know taking care of a head horse or taking care of a horse I thought that I mean you use them for so long and, and then I always thought as you know most people well, you just use them and abuse them I'm like yeah nowadays it's like hey that that's your best friend and they, 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 they don't make them near as good as they used to. I mean, that, and if you do find a good one, they're expensive. Right. The price of a head horse nowadays is outrageous. And if you got that one good one that you cherish forever, like if it, that, that fits you good, then take care of them. Make them, make them your best friend. Make them, make them a pet. Make them, make them be that person that's going to take care of you. Because without them, who can you be? You know, who are you? You, you they, they help you pay your bills. You know, so that's one of the biggest things. Like, if I if I, if I can go back, growing up, 
that would be one of the biggest things is learn learn how to take care of your things, take care of your stuff. Because if without that, it would be you pretty tough. You're you're a foot really. Yeah, a foot, and then you know, especially family. You know, family is kind of a big support and everything. So yeah, gotta have that. So what about that with with family and rodeo? What would you suggest? Because um, it's the thing about rodeoing, it's it's almost kind of a selfish sport. We have oh, so many things that we have to to put into and resources and from taking care of horses yeah. and and making sure we're ready to go. Yeah. What have been some some big things that have really helped you as far as support goes? Um, you know, family family's kind of been the biggest support of my life. You know, it's it's pretty tough it's it's terrible man i mean it's it's i shouldn't say terrible it's tough it's tough on a soul it's tough on a heart that you know you you be home for so long and then you can be home for a short amount of time and then you have to be away from home for so long right you know nowadays it's it's getting to the point where it's getting tougher and tougher on me because i got two daughters one's eight and one's five and it's just like i want to be home for them but then again it's like i can't I got to make my career. I got to make my living and what supports them is my rodeo and what supports me is my rodeo and my career. And it's just like, it's hard on me. Sometimes I sit there and just want to give it all up and just be home and find a day job, you know, but you know, friends, friends that support, support a guy to get there is it's, you know, mom, dad, sisters are always, like don't worry about it. Everything at home is taken care of. Right. We got it. You go do your do what you got to do. You know, and then you got to have good friends, man. Friends without friends, you can't be anywhere. You know, right. I got I got a good friend back home. Whenever I'm in a jam, I give him a call, and he's like, he's got you. He got me. Yeah. He's like, I'm in your corner. He's always been there the day I met him. Is is weird how I met him, but he's always been one of my one of my friends and I work for him once in a while so it's he got he uh takes care of a guy really good well and as you get older man I think it, you realize hey I gotta I gotta pay it back yeah and uh and you know so the people and the relationships you have I think you try to apply that like mm-hmm. from the little things like and being young like being seen in the Thomas and Mac and then telling your mom like I had this dream I'm here yeah and her telling you 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 can do this like yeah those little things like Maybe at that time might not have been that big a, big of a deal, but then as you get older and older and, and get further and further into it, like just being reinforced that you can do yeah. what you want to do, and I think that that's so important to understand. Like, hey, that don't don't take those little things for granted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that is true. I mean, little things you take things. A lot of people take things for granted, but you can't you can't take them for granted and. And one of the biggest things is now looking back on it and being being successful of, of rodeo and in my career and, and now it's now it's to the point where it I don't know if it's slowing down or if it's just getting fired up again and going out and, and trying to pursue a different different goal or a different a different way of setting it up, you know. Like I've I've kind of done a few motivational speeches here and there right kind of getting started with that and it's it's slowly changing i feel like i kind of kind of winding down i think of my career i mean i i, I don't know i mean I, I my biggest goal my other big goal was to make it 10 times consecutively and if i can do that that'd be awesome and then 
after that, we'll see where it takes us to, you know, and, um, but one of, one of the coolest things is like, you know, kids, you go back home, not only here or, you know, across the world, like people know who you are or know person now, whereas like there's so much media, social media going on now and TV, you know, everything's, all the rodeos are being videoed now. It's like, well, they get to see you now. So it's pretty cool. And it's just one of those things where I kind of want to make sure and set the standard. I mean, get the kids off into the right direction, not only through rodeo, but through other educational things where they can make it living. Right. It can be done. You, right. know, you just got to try hard and believe in yourself to get it done. Yeah. You've you got you've got to have, you got to have a, a, probably a goal is, yeah. is one of the first things like, you know, I, I to hear you say that earlier, like, man, I had a goal and that, that might've been the difference, mm-hmm. you know, between where you're at now and, and, and where you could have been. If you didn't really have that picture, like, Hey, I want to be at the Thomas and Mac. We might've just ended up roping yeah. and just, just kind of like trying to f- figure out how to make money roping. Yeah. And, and who knows? I mean, you probably still were going to be exactly where you're at, yeah. but, but you know, you, you give yourself a path. And, and so you've got that to kind of show like, Hey, I've, I've given myself these opportunities and, and that's cool. I mean, I think that's a big thing because dude, if, I mean, if you, the most you paid for a head horse is $6,500 yeah. and you can get Corey Koontz to rope with you, not only that, tell him no, <laughs> and, and then, and then rope with him. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's possible for I mean, if anyone wants it bad enough at that point, there's just yeah. no excuse left. Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, you got you to gotta have your life goals. You got to have your day goals. You got to have your yearly goals. You know, everybody, you, New Year's resolutions, you got to have, you know, you set it all up. But if you can set your biggest goal in your life and, and sacrificing and get it done, it may, it may not take you, it may take you like seven years like mine did, you know, but if you can get it done, it's awesome. That's the greatest feeling ever. If you can get it done and then you set that one goal, you accomplish it, you got to set another goal. And you got to set yourself up to be successful and, and to work hard at it. Right. And, and, and that's, it's tough, but hey, there's a lot of sacrificing you got to do to get to where you want to be and who you want to be. Do you think the goal's got to match the sacrifice? Like, yeah. Or, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know what I mean? Oh, if, yeah, yeah. If you can justify making the sacrifices if the goal's big enough. Yeah. And so yeah. that was, it was just always felt that way yeah. for you. It's always been that way. I mean, rodeo, it's a tough sport, but if you can sacrifice, you know, a few things here and there, you know, and get away from some of the bad and try to do something different and get, get to where you want to be, it, it's possible. You just got to mindset gets to be in the right spot to where you want to be successful. Right. Well, it's just like that. It's, it's about seven years of just work, mm-hmm. just work to, to make the finals for your first trip. Yeah. And then you have to think, well, now I've made the finals. What am I going to do? Well, it's probably, I want to win the world. Well, okay. I got the world title. I want 10 NFR qualifications in a row. Yeah. And so it's like those seven years of work have helped you without any huge reward kind of help you. So you've got the work ethic behind it. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's really important to understand is, you know, what you're doing every day from, from the time you're young or decide you want to do it, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Work ethics is pretty, the hardest one. You got to work at it pretty much day in, day out and 
And if you can't make it work, you got to, uh, you know, do something different to make it work. You got to change it up just a little bit, sacrifice that. So when you don't want to practice, how do you make yourself do it? Gosh, you work, find a day, find something that, um, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, I can tell you a little story about it is you get, you rope every day and then it's all of a sudden it's like, okay, I just need a break. I need to go find something to do hands on work, to get a day job or work or something like that. And I've always been a part of that. And that's cool. One of the coolest things I can do is like, I can go find a day job and work for my friend and Castro and where I live now and work for him for a day or two and then be like, okay, I'm over this. This, this is, this is way too hard. This is a lot harder than a guy thinks it is, you know, not only that, but no, you go work on your place or do some kind of work around there. And, uh, I remember that was probably been about three years ago. I, I just purchased this place and, and, um, I can't afford to hire anybody to do the work for me. And I had my brother-in-law, he, or Kesley, he was a, he was, he was a welder. So we had a good finals. I bought this place and I started by, I bought it and then we had a good finals. I bought a welding machine and bought pipe and we started fixing this place and working, welding, cutting, remodeling the house. I mean, it was, it was tough. It was hard. Like, and I was like, man, couple guys coming there and it's it about May probably uh, April May it starting to warm up out there welding trying to get this place done and guys come in there and they kind of jack around with me a little bit and kind of tease me you want to go rodeo now I said yes I said I want to go rodeo I said I promise you you'll never hear me cry around about a bad steer right. I said as hard work as it is you know it I mean how much I mean that kind of work and then try to rope for a living it's it's pretty easy a guy don't have to work a whole bunch and just ride horses and do that it's it's pretty easy but to to have that feeling of when you get that feeling of man i just want to take a break you know, and i sit there and look at him like no i don't, I don't want to go yeah. <laughs> i don't want to have that kind of a job because it's tough it's tough to 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 do something like that and then try to come back and rope so it's always find a job that that could be possibly tough on you to where you can realize it in an eye opener and be like, okay. Yeah. Like if you want to figure out what you want to do for your, your, for a living, yeah, go build some fence, yeah, build some fence or do some kind of other, yeah. you know, hard work to where it'd be like, okay, this ain't me. Yeah. I I'm ready for, this is what I'm craving. I'm, <laughs> yeah. cra- I'm craving. Yeah. Some it'll, steers. it'll change your mentality. It'll change your mindset in a hurry. It was like, wow. Okay, cool. But yeah, let's do this. Awesome. Well, Eric, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, man. We, we had a fun time. There was, is there anything else you want to add? You know, I just, one of the biggest things I kind of wanted to say is, you know, the, the sponsors that we all get, you know, from, from our equine athletes to helping them to, you know, rope sponsors to clothing sponsors to financial support and sponsors, you know, them are the guys that help us get down the road and make our lives a lot easier, you know, showing, showing and representing them. So. I just wanted to give a shout out to all those guys that helped me out. You know, you know who you are that helped me out and friends and family that support me and, you know, and the kids that are coming up that make us, make us look like superstars and heroes. And, you know, one day we're going to give back to them. So I just, 
I would just like to thank those guys and thank the people that help out and give us get us down the road to make it make our lives easy and and make it fun. Right. So, I mean, I think that's a big deal. That's a big part of understanding how to to represent yourself in a professional manner, and then to make sure you got good companies behind yeah. you. Because, well, I, I guess I got I got to ask you about this one because uh, you've been a classic guy for as long as I can remember. Right. Yes. Yes. Extra soft power line light. Yep. Have you used anything else? No. One head rub. One head rub. I, I think I made the fi- I made the Montana Circuit Finals in '05, my permit year, and uh, Derek just had they they must have just came out with these ropes, and Derek kind of swung one, and he used one for a little bit, and I was like, let me. He said, try this one. This one will work. So we loaded up, and I bought one, broke it in, we took it to Montana, and caught three in a row, and I was hooked. And right. that's all it's been. I mean, there's probably been a couple of places where it may change it up whenever we're in a slump or whatever, but it's that's it. Ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, it's a it's a power it's a power line light. You know, it's a it's a like Lane I would say, it's a dream catcher. <laughs> it's a dream catcher. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, so I like that. Uh, that's it. Well, I think it's important to understand too is as you're coming up to your rodeo career and and people are starting to get sponsors and stuff like that. You want to be involved with with the best products. Yeah, and it, it's, I mean, whether you are sponsored by Classic or not, you were using them before. Yeah, and that's your rope. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think for people to understand that, like, hey, this is these are the tools that we have, and this is what matters the most. I mean, you see some guys get paid some big checks, yeah. And the, at six months later, they're giving that check back to go back to, to yeah. these, some of these rope companies. Like, yeah, not going to drop drop the names, but it's it's you know that's a big thing to think about. So as you're going, you know, through with you want good companies that can support you for your career, and yeah. and and to do that, they have to have a good product, and then you have to represent yourself in a manner that that you know that they want to they want to be involved with you. Yeah. So. Yeah, what, no. what about that? What advice would you give for someone like that looking to, to kind of get to be a good represent you know represent companies? Yeah, you know, just got to be loyal. You got to be loyal to the company. You got to be loyal to, to people that, that may not mean anything, but in the long run, like you got to understand, like this rodeo rodeo family is not very big. Everybody's the Western industry is it's pretty small. Everybody knows everybody. Right. So you just got to be loyal and be respectful of who you are and, and respect the people and the companies that take care of you for what, what little they can do, you know, and being a, being a part of the, the classic crew for a long time. It's, it's been awesome. It's been 10 years now, probably maybe 11 years been on with them. And, and it's, it's been awesome. It's been a great feeling. It's my longest customer. I mean, longest sponsor I've ever had, you know, and then start with sense jeans, you know, they take care of all the Cowboys too. You know, there's a lot of Western companies out there that are starting to take care and do a better job of it. You know, them guys. And then, you know, the, for our animal athletes, you know, I got copper, copper Ridge equine. They, they do an outstanding job of taking, keeping our horses healthy and strong and, and safe. I mean, and in shape and, and not nothing wrong, you know, and then you got your, your other sponsors, the financial sponsors where they, they make, you know, give you quite a bit or whatever, or just whatever, whenever they can help you, they can. And so it's just those little, little sponsors make big things. Sometimes, you know, just, you know, you may get twenty five hundred dollars or whatever to get a sponsor, but hey, that's 
feel to get down the road and get to the next one. Right. And one of the coolest things I think I, I kind of want to work on now is giving, giving that back to not only to me, not only to kids, but to all, kids all over the country, you know, right. especially on the reservations. Some places are pretty tough to get off and go do something because their family wants them to stay there. So my that's one of my biggest goals is to, if I can give back just a little bit, I want to give back to the kids on the res where they can, they can pursue their dreams to get off of it and go do it and do something with their lives. Well, um, so with that being said, where'd be a good good spot to contact you? You know, um, you, Instagram, Facebook. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I, I think there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of kids that have questions about how how to get to the next step, and I'm sure you'd be pretty responsive to something like that. So, yeah. if someone did have some questions for you, where'd be the best spot to reach out? Um, probably uh, Facebook. I'm, I know I'm terrible on Facebook. I I hardly get. I mean, I hardly. I mean, I, I get on it, but I don't hardly read my messages and stuff. But you know, um, Facebook or, you know, um, email, I guess would be another thing. I mean, out there, uh, one of these, uh, it'd be, uh, like, uh, Eric James 23 at yahoo.com. I think it'd be an email that that'd be my email. You can get a hold of me at. And then, um, once we, once I get a, um, work at it, get a business card, I guess I could say, and work, get, get it be good. But um, yeah, Facebook or Instagram or something like that. I think kind of social. That's my social media accounts and stuff. And uh, we try to go from there and get get after it. Perfect. Well, I think that's man. I really appreciate your time. And like I said, I I, I know that one thing is you you're motivated to to help people. And so if if you do have questions and want to reach out and and maybe want to bring you in for something that that's definitely going to be an opportunity. So that's something you're you're willing to do and and looking forward to do. So yeah. I, and I appreciate it today and, and thanks again. Yes sir. Thank you. Appreciate it.